0: The pendulum swang a little too far. <laughs> it's slang. It's so
1: I thought you didn't want to let people know where we're from, Kara. <laughs> Use, words- <laughs> Use words like slang, and we're gonna—I mean—that just gives it right away. The pendulum swung.
0: <laughs> well, what's it that I said earlier? These ones. These ones. Can- Who am I today? Good gravy. The sun is shining 24 7 because when we're together it feels like we're in heaven if it will get dark you'll be my million stars i know
1: i can lean welcome on to you. episode 11 of delete this history a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers we're your hosts brea brown
0: and cara birch ah oh, mouth sound dang it <laughs> Right off the bat. No, it's all right. Let's keep going. We're on time deadline. Oh, yeah. we got to get this done. (laughs) No takesy-packsies.
1: The pressure is mounting.
0: (laughs) We need to probably put a disclaimer on here just in case we need to. It can always be edited out. About uh, that we're recording at an unusual date and time? Exactly. After a full work day. Full work week. So... Uh Uh-oh, people. Yeah, look out. Just strap in. Sometimes this gets a
1: little hairy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little goofy. Mm. Also, we've both had another week where things were not awesome.
0: Yeah, what is going on?
1: The full moon (laughs) is upon us. Yes, when I was driving to pick up Jackie last night from GLOW, I noticed the moon. Was it beautiful? It was
0: very big and very beautiful. Did it have the words, I'm making people nuts, written across and I it? I actually thought
1: about it because we had <laughs> talked about it last week, how everybody's crazy, yes. and I was like, hmm, things yep. are falling into place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you were not well this week. No,
0: I'm getting sick of being sick. Your
1: texts about not being well, though, were <laughs> cracking me up because I was trying to be like serious and supportive and you were like I'm about to do something drastic like eat well and exercise (laughs) I kept reading them to Clint because they
0: were cracking me up so hard just like at some point a person has to feel okay I know and I'm just not okay and I think all of my poor decisions in my adult life are coming back to haunt you they are they're coming home to roost i don't know like a nasty chicken i don't know
1: but i i tried to make a good responsible adult decision this week (gasps) and got my flu shot and my covid shot good job girl and it made me feel like (laughs) poo-poo But it really affected Jackie. She was bad. Oh no. We went to get our shots at five o'clock mm-hmm. after work Monday. And that night she was sick already. Oh my gosh. And she didn't sleep all night. Yeah. And then I thought, well great. I'm in for it because I <laughs> I knew that must be coming, you know. And actually I wasn't too bad. But I was just kinda of worn out, you know, like, huh. By the time this comes out mm-hmm. We'll be on our way to South Carolina. That's right. <laughs> 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 party bus.
0: Absolutely.
1: Wouldn't oh. that be a list? Hilarious. So
0: just the two of us on a party bus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Driver. <laughs> Point it to Charleston. Oh don't stop. Gosh.
0: Except, for, no, just never stop. Just I mean, keep going. You don't need to. Um, I wanted to let you know. That Carrie Underwood does know how to play the drums. You look this up. <laughs> just wanted to follow up. Okay. Now, she admits that she is not an excellent drummer, but she does drum. And I also learned that she's a resident entertainer in Vegas. Is she? Yes. So she's just set up in Vegas. And I think on one of her songs, maybe in her show, she plays the drums. This is how I learned that. There uh-huh. are videos of her from multiple angles people
1: using their cell
0: phones naughty naughty
1: what else okay so while we're gone just to
0: give people a heads up oh yes we're gonna hit social media while we're in south carolina of course and our husbands are here back home this is a girl's trip oh yeah yeah we are alone except for the sick old cats (laughs) which i keep forgetting
1: about (laughs) they're not really sick they're just old
0: oh they're just old cats i apologize to the cats Listen. What are the cats' names? Poco? Nope. Bongo?
1: <laughs> Jasper? Oh, I was
0: so close. And Boo.
1: Boo. <coughs> mm. Jasper and Boo. They're not sick. They're just old. They're just old. And a little bit senile. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. So Boo forgets that you're petting her.
0: Oh, and will turn on you?
1: Yes. And then is all of a sudden like... Who said you could pet me? So she'll purr, 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 and then, ah, bite. (laughs) It's good times. I love her. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait to see them. So, yeah, we've got special episodes. So these are practice episodes that we recorded. Mm -hmm. So we were practicing just, you know, talking to each other, Mm -hmm. um, the format, the editing, So these were before we actually started putting episodes out. Right. So it's a little
1: experimental. It's a little bit different format.
0: Yeah, it'll sound a little bit different. Yeah,
1: there are some segments that we moved around, Mm -hmm. and then there are some segments that we got rid of and Mm -hmm. kind of, or reworked and put them in different places, or called them different things. So it won't be exactly like what you're used to hearing, plus... We were just kind of learning, so we aren't as smooth as we are now. Oh, no. This is such an obvious difference. <laughs> they are our later practice episodes, though.
0: Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah, those first ones were rough.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't subject people to mm-hmm. that, I don't think. Um, no. They they gave us some good bloopers. That's <sighs> true. So eventually we might have a good blooper <laughs> reel. That's
0: true. Oh, my goodness.
1: What else do you want to talk about?
0: Um, did you see... The results of Travis Kelsey's penalty. You know, we talked about that last week. All right. The deal was what we didn't see. So we saw him grab his straps of Mm -hmm. his helmet and yank them. Yeah. Well, what we didn't see was that he threw his helmet while he was still on the field. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. So they actually talked about it. I looked up the Brothers podcast. I've never listened to it. And so I looked it up and I watched them on YouTube. Just the clip where they talk about it? I watched the whole thing. Did you really? I started looking for just the clip and then I was like, I'm just going to start at the beginning. (laughs) It's so good. Aren't
1: they hilarious? They're
0: funny. They're so Um, cute. So they talked about it a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Yeah, because they, like I told you, they don't like to talk about stuff like that because they don't want to get fined or get in more trouble. Travis
0: said, so they brought up a penalty. You'll just have to listen to it. It was, they brought up a penalty that happened on a different team where it cost them the game wins as unsportsmanlike conduct. He said, luckily that didn't happen, but he said, from now on, I know if I'm going to throw my helmet, I wait until I'm on the sidelines. (laughs) (laughs) He should already know that. He was very, very upset. Dude. Andy Reid talked about it at a press conference. Yeah. Like he was talking about how Travis was, his leg was hurting him and, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things. He's like, Travis, he was working it out. He was pushing through, you know, he knows better.
1: We said that too. We were like, yes, they're not playing great. Yep. He was frustrated. So he's frustrated. He's in pain. Mm-hmm. He probably just needed a Snickers.
0: Maybe that's my problem. You need a Snickers? I need a
1: Snickers. When was the last time you had a Snickers? I couldn't even tell you. I have not had one in forever. It's
0: been, it was probably last Halloween, honestly. And it's not because
1: I eat so well. Like, oh, I shun things like Snickers. It's just like, I just haven't had the opportunity. Because trust me, when Halloween comes around and I buy a bag of those little fun size Mm -hmm. candy bars Mm -hmm. and Snickers are in there. Y'all. My face will be down that bag
0: I'm telling you a fresh snickers oh, they're so good they're very good. sponsor us yes, oh, one more thing yeah the professor that I called about the Pacific versus European yeah she has not called me back. oh okay, it's only
1: been a week you you contacted her last Friday. that's true right before closing time yes that's closing right. time <laughs> like she works at a bar <laughs> she might have just had a crazy week maybe so or maybe she's I mean, on it is PTO. A,
0: it is a full moon oh she might be on pto good point or maybe she got her covid shot and felt like shit all
1: week she... and didn't do anything yep who knows you just don't know i tell you what i blank people all the time and don't mean to but i think that i've re- replied to texts or emails yes and because i have in my head
0: yes what are we doing now Well, I think that we should move along to the reading of the lists. What do we do in this segment? This is a segment where we tell you about our top five most interesting, funniest, and most successful searches of the week in list form. It's weirdo week. It is.
1: So I get to go first. My list for this week is number one, quote, that's very cash money of you. Number two, naked yoga. Number three.
0: <laughs> I, wow, my brain went a lot of places and saw a lot of things. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing what the human brain can see and think in a split second? Oh, yeah. A lot of things happened up here yep. in the old melon.
1: <laughs> well, wait till I tell you about the search. Number three, Thomas Kincaid Community. Vallejo, California. Number 4. Definition of dry goods. Number 5. Xylotomy. I can't wait to hear
0: all about all of these, except maybe naked yoga. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. All right. Okay, here's my list. Number 1. Chinese whispers. Number 2. How are peanut M&M's made? Number 3. Off-pieced meaning. Number four, Michael Gambon slash Uptown Downstairs Abbey slash Comic Relief Charity. Number five, is Bill Paxton dead? (laughs) That's my list. All right. You had a
1: couple full sentences.
0: I know. And you know what? I'm actually getting better at that. You are. I don't have a lot, but it usually happens when I'm like, what? (laughs) You got to ask a full question sometimes when you're not getting the results that you need. Yes. Like, it's very vague. Like, if I just plugged in Bill Paxton. Dead. Bill Paxton dead. I think you'd probably get... <laughs> Bill Paxton dead? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would I have to put a question mark on the end probably. of Probably. No. No. You could probably just say Bill Paxton death.
0: Man, it just goes against, like, it just goes against everything. I know. I just need to type it in. Is Bill Paxton dead? I was going
1: to ask you if you sometimes say your searches into your phone. Of course I do cuz I never do. Oh, of course I do. I mm-hmm. never ever ever cuz I'm a granny like that. So that's probably why I don't use full sentences cuz I'm too lazy to type it in. Well, that may be true. <laughs> it's like as few words as possible. <laughs> uh. That
0: well, that's a legit that's a legit reason. I think it is. I'm not judging. Mm-hmm, okay. Would you like to play a game now? So very much.
1: Well, now we're going to play a game we like to call Search Me, where we each pose one question to each other and see if we can answer based only on the reading of the list. Yes, 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 yes. Today, Kara, Mm -hmm. you're playing for this adorable, if I may say, gift bag I made with my own two hands. Mm. I made it especially with your mind.
0: It's camera-y. That is so cute. Oh, look at... I love it. Are you ready? I am so ready, yes. I can do this.
1: Which search made me feel like an idiot for having to actually search it?
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see. I'm going with definition of dry goods. You got it. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Thank Here you for the my beautiful bag.
0: It's so cute. I like this paper, too. This I is very retro-looking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I figured if you didn't want to like put a present in it and give it away to somebody, you could use it as a lunch bag. Oh,
0: you are correct. I'm loving that paper.
1: It's cute. Thanks. How have I lived this long without knowing what dry goods are? Well, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast, and they talked about a guy being a dry goods salesman. Okay. And I thought, what the heck is that? Actually, I kind of thought I might have an idea. I didn't really question it, and then one of the hosts of the podcast said, "Now, what are dry goods?" Now, this was back like in the back in the olden days. Okay, and the guy was like, "Ye old dry goods." Ye old dry goods. Okay, and he said, "Like, what does that mean? What was he actually selling?" Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, "Ooh, uh, yeah." What was he actually selling? And I always think of, like, beans when I think of dry goods. Mm -hmm. Beans and rice. Same. Things like that. And that is correct. Merriam-Webster defines dry goods as grocery items such as tobacco, sugar, to put in your sugar chest, (laughs) flour, and coffee that do not contain liquid. Mm -hmm. However... Definition number two, textiles, ready-to-wear clothing, and notions, <laughs> I'm sure that clears it up, as distinguished especially from hardware and groceries, which seems to contradict the first definition. Yes. Like, it's distinguished from groceries. Hmm. I've only ever heard of it in the context of groceries or food. Same. Or, yeah. Yeah. Dry goods. hmm Yes. Things that are dry that you would have to then uh, constitute with water to make it do what it does. hmm Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or use as an ingredient or something. And I think that's what this guy was, a dry goods salesman. Okay. But then I started thinking maybe not. Maybe he was like a uh, textiles mm-hmm. salesman. Why wouldn't you just say textiles, though? Mm, I don't know. To me, that's confusing. Did you know, however, that there's a clothing store here at our mall called Dry
0: Goods? No, because I do not go to the mall. (laughs) Me neither. I avoid it like the plague. (laughs) But that aligns with definition number two that you looked up. Exactly. Interesting. I like it. That's it.
1: I learned. That was the search, and it was as simple as that. And I found out I did kind of know what it was. I Mm -hmm. just was doubting myself and... But I did feel really stupid looking it up.
0: All right. Are you ready for your question? I am. All right. You are playing for Hold On To Your Socks. I'm so excited because we have new prizes this week. Agreed. I've been dying to get this thing out of my house, which is why I helped you win last week. Because this thing's got to move along. You ready? I'm ready. Your very own Toby Jug. Get the F out of here. This is not the $30,000 Toby jug. No, you don't say. It's not. But it is about as hideous as the other ones that you found. Oh my gosh. It is. It's a Toby jug. Now, I know that there's a moratorium on mugs in the Brown household. But you could put a plant in this. That could be a pencil jar. That could could be candy in this. That could be all kinds of things. Yeah, so it's
1: a multi- use yeah. Toby jug. That's not going to go in the in the mug <laughs> cabinet where they're all falling down on top of people every time you open the door.
0: Will this one go in the trash can? No. I oh. think Quinn will love that thing. You can put this in the trash can if you want. There's no distinguishing mark on the bottom. It's just an ugly I Toby can't jug. I can wait to put that on social <laughs> media for people to
1: see. You know what it kind of reminds me of? What? It kind of looks like is sean like dressed up for halloween or something like as a sad um old-timey guy
0: he does have like
1: (laughs) it's like sean went to silver dollar city and they made a toby jug for him
0: because he can make his mouth like (laughs) his
1: hair is really dark
0: You know, I, this thing's been sitting in my house for like two weeks and I never even thought about it. Oh, crap. Where did you find it? I found it on um, Etsy. Oh, my gosh. My second
1: home. Etsy's All right. The best. Okay. Hit me with the question. Holy hell. I do not have good track record with these questions.
0: I made this one easy oh, because I want to move this thing along, it's scaring me in the middle of the night. Okay. Which of my searches was prompted by a gift from Hopper this week? Oh, no. A gift that I love. How are peanut M&Ms made? You are the proud owner of a Toby jug.
1: Oh, thank goodness. Ding, ding,
0: ding, 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 my ding, My Sean
1: Toby, his name is Sean.
0: <laughs> Sean my Hobie. Sean Toby jug. So happy. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. All right. So peanut Yay. M&Ms. I really wanted to know how peanut M&Ms were made. Um, did you get to watch a video? I did get to watch a video. However, it was not about peanut M&Ms. It was about plain M&Ms. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming they're fairly similar. Mm-hmm. You just fold in some peanuts. Mm-hmm. Plain M&Ms. Yeah. To make a batch is a 12-hour process. All right. 12 big ones. The chocolate center of plain M&M is made from milk, sugar, and cocoa, which rolls through refiners, turning the semi-liquid paste into a powder. First. That's your first step. Mm-hmm. So then all this powder is conveyed um, down a conveyor belt to the conch room, where containers filled with metal beads grind up the powder with cocoa butter and chocolate liqueur. Nom. A conch, by the way, Mm -hmm. I had to look that up, is a machine used during the manufacture of chocolate, and it mixes and smooths a chocolate mass. I wish I could fall into a conch. Also, chocolate liqueur, many people think, has alcohol in it. Mm Okay. It does not. Chocolate liqueur is one of the key ingredients in any bar of chocolate, and it's made from the nibs, (laughs) cocoa beans. And it gives chocolate its taste and texture. No alcohol. So it's gone through the conch, and the result is a very smooth, semi-liquid chocolate. And it's deposited into the M&M shapes mm-hmm. on this giant metal tray. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, M&M, the employees call these lentil shapes. And they feel like that that is um, the best shape to ensure that sugar, the sugar shell is applied in a consistent and even way. So the how the hard shell is applied is really what I was wanting to know. Like I, ain't, you know, chocolate in the mill, I get that. That is proprietary information, and they didn't tell in the video or on their website or another website that I looked up. It didn't tell. It's a secret how they apply the shell to the candy chocolate. So anyway, after the shell is added, the M&Ms go into a tumbler. Where an extra layer of color is shellacked onto the shells, yeah, um, and then the little M's are printed on them, and then all of the colors are blended together and before they're bagged. <laughs> it was so much more boring than I was expecting. Well, but it's still one of those
1: cool little process things. Yeah,
0: I really wanted to see the peanut ones because that's going to be a little bit different. They got to coat the peanut, and I would I'd like to see how how that whole process works out. In
1: other Processes that I've watched, like factory videos like that, uh-huh. where they have to put something on top of or around something like that. It usually is that the item that's going to be coated is on like a screen, and then they pour whatever it is Ew. over, and then the stuff that doesn't land on whatever's being coated just goes down through the screen.
0: It's like a conveyor belt with
1: the screen. And then it'll go back through again and get the other side.
0: Ew. Some fun facts about M&Ms. Yeah. The colors in the bags aren't random. 25% are orange. 25% are blue. And 12.5% are brown, red, yellow, and green. Interesting. One billion plain M&Ms are made every day. That's billion with a B. End to end, plain M&M's made in one year would wrap around the earth 48 times. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh.
0: <laughs> Thank you to the M&M website um, and the Food Network for this information.
1: That is ridiculous.
0: Lots of M&M's were eaten.
1: They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, plain ones aren't my fave,
0: but. Have you seen the mix bag of peanut, peanut butter, and plain? Uh, no. I don't, don't need to see yeah, that. Yeah, don't get them because they it don't will exist. become a problem. <laughs> they don't exist. I made it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a great invention you just made up in your head that I'm never going to look for. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Are you ready to learn about naked yoga? Let's like, just get it out of the way. so,
0: so, so much.
1: I'm not interested in naked yoga. Let me just get that out there right now. Okay. I didn't look this up because I want to try it out or because I want to even watch it or do anything like that. All right. But someone who shall not be named <laughs> was called out as a person who watches this on YouTube. And I got an education about how some people skirt YouTube decency rules by calling things educational or instructional. Uh. And one user in particular on YouTube who has these naked yoga videos, it's basically like a porn channel.
0: Oh my goodness. According to my
1: source. But since he calls it educational, he hasn't had a site taken down. I see. And it's not just yoga either. He demonstrates anus bleaching. What? And other private area maintenance.
0: Okay.
1: Mm Okay. 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 I thought it was funny that the person that I know watches these things and it made me look at this person in a different light, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and not judgy or like it just made me think that's interesting and completely unexpected. Okay. So, I searched it though because I wanted to know like uh, now why. And this was one of those times when I really wished that I could just do incognito mode. Because Pornhub was the second site that popped up. Oh, my gosh. Of course it was. Didn't click on it, obviously. Then Wikipedia came to the rescue with some more (laughs) G-rated, informative stuff. Naked yoga, or nude yoga, has been practiced since ancient times. Okay. Which makes sense, because yoga is pretty old. In the 4th century, Alexander the Great took some academics with him to India, and they observed and documented it then. Okay. Historically, it's been a male-only activity, naturally. hmm Because guys get to have all the fun. Yep. Actually, because guys' bodies aren't regulated and controlled like women's bodies are. It's true. Supposedly, it wasn't about sex originally, but everything always turns that way. <laughs> Originally, it was kind of a um, practical thing, because men wore clothing that didn't allow them to be flexible to do the poses that yoga requires. Okay. And so they would just wear loincloths, or they would wear as little clothing as possible just for the freedom of movement. Okay, And then they were like, well, if you're going to wear a loincloth, you might as well just be naked, because it's not going to...
0: Right, it's flipping and flapping. (laughs) Like a lot of other things.
1: (laughs) There is a non-sexual nude yoga book out right now by naked yoga instructor Katrina Rainsong Messenger, and it's called R.A.W. Nude Yoga Celebrating the Human Body Temple. Mm -hmm. It features black and white photos of men and women in impressive poses that are reportedly tasteful and not erotic
0: okay
1: r-a-w in the title stands for revealed authentic and wise the book however is currently unavailable on amazon so that's when my search ended
0: there goes your christmas
1: gift yeah i was like "Eh, uh, okay i've satisfied my curiosity i kind of get how this whole thing started and now i know why it's popular nowadays because you know Uh sex sells
0: right Hmm. and that's
1: all i need to know about that
0: all right Well, thanks for taking one for the team and looking that up because I ain't going to look that up. And you know, hot yoga. Yes.
1: Okay. So if you combine hot yoga with naked yoga, that kind of makes sense because...
0: I mean, the only way I could do hot yoga is to be naked. Exactly. I understand the premise and and why you do it, but why would you do that? (laughs) It would make Mm. me so crabby. Oh, my word. (laughs) Like, I would walk in the room like, "Mm -mm, no. (laughs) No. It's too hot in here. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. Okay. So what's your first search? All right. I'm going to talk about Chinese whispers. Have you ever heard this term before? Yes. Oh, okay. What do you know about it? Is it racist? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I was watching a movie Mm -hmm. and I heard this just you, this term used casually. And I was like, like it caught me off guard and it Mm -hmm. made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But they just said it so casually in a conversation That's what prompted me to look it up, because I've never heard that term before. I've heard it, and I've always just
1: assumed, based on context and where I've heard it, is that it's kind of like the telephone game.
0: Yes. So that is the English, the Commonwealth English name for the game that you and I know as telephone. Right. However, that is like a later use of the term. One theory is that it's from the supposed... Confused messages created when passed verbally from tower to tower on the Great Wall of China. Okay. Another suggestion is a widespread British fascination with Chinese culture in the 18th and 19th centuries. Okay. Historians believe it originated in the 17th century with Europeans' misunderstanding of the Chinese culture and language. Just just a wide misunderstanding. Like, we don't know what they're saying. Why are they doing that? Okay. Many people find this offensive, but other people say it's no different than saying it's Greek to me. Oh. I've never felt uncomfortable hearing or saying it's Greek to me. So I actually looked up that phrase, the origin of that. That phrase came from Shakespeare. Okay. The Julius Caesar play.
1: That's not shocking. Everything seems to come from Shakespeare, or lots of things do.
0: But I'm kind of curious to all of our UK listeners out there, Mm -hmm. is this term still widely used? Do you still refer to the children's game this way? I'm just, does it make you uncomfortable?
1: For those listeners who don't know what the telephone game is in the United States, well, maybe they don't. Okay. Or maybe they called it something else. Yeah, You true. know, regionally, things are called different things. And
0: there were, there are several terms for the telephone game.
1: But the telephone game that we used to play mm-hmm. would just be, you whisper, you have a line of people mm-hmm. or a circle or whatever, and you whisper in one person's ear something. And by the time it gets to the last person, they say what they heard. Right. And you see how much it's changed all the way down the line of people. Mm-hmm. I could see that you would call, like, even gossip.
0: That is how this term was used. I was watching the movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. Okay. And her partner is German, and they were just having a casual conversation in their kitchen about rumors that were – or rumors or gossip that were happening within the orchestra. And the uh, her partner, who's German, said um, something like, well, at least it's not Chinese whispers or – Something like that. it was just so casual, and I was like, what, what? <laughs> I had to pause it, like I paused it and searched right then and there.
1: I must have read it in a British book.
0: It would not surprise me because a lot of the research that I found it's very common, yeah, supposedly, yeah, and But I I've don't heard know. it multiple times. Mm-hmm. so yeah. anyway, um, I just I don't know that was but I
1: always thought mm, that's probably not um, a term that has aged well no. I would think not. And that we probably
0: shouldn't use. But Tar is a very current movie. But anyway, that's my uh, search on Chinese whispers.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to also talk about a term. Okay. And something that I had to look up because I am old.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It was, that's very cash money of you. (laughs) My daughter said this to me in a sarcastic tone this past week about something. And I can't remember what because.
0: One of the many sarcastic tones.
1: Right. And it's just paybacks because I've always been a sarcastic person. (laughs) I'm sure I was sarcastic and snarky to my parents too. But I asked her what it meant and she couldn't explain it. (laughs) Which always boggles the mind to me. Come on. It's like if you don't know what it means or you can't explain it then why do you use it?
0: Yeah, because you might be using it incorrectly.
1: And she kind of was, actually. Oh, snap. She was misquoting it. But my search led, led me to what I suspect is going to be a very popular website for me. Oh. It was knowyourmeme.com.
0: Uh-oh. That sounds fun.
1: And also com? Excellent. I bookmarked these sites because oh. my kids are always saying some things that i don't get and i'm like what does that mean and they'll they'll either say oh well like well it's hard to explain or they'll say well never mind it's a meme that's how they explain everything and never mind it's just a meme okay okay well then why did you use it in conversation with me just now right anyway now i could look it up quickly and still not understand what they're saying because that's <laughs> kind of what happened <laughs> with this <laughs> okay the original saying is actually that wasn't very cash money of you okay not that's very cash money of you it's that wasn't very cash money of you and cash money is a slang term that means cool
0: cash money
1: okay it originated with a drawing of the character sayaka miki from the Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Okay. I have no idea what I just said. I, yep. But it's like a, um, I think maybe, I don't know, based on the meme I saw and the drawing, that it might be a graphic novel. Some anime. Some anime, some, some Japanese. Manga. Manga. Got it. So the character was saying that wasn't very cool of you. Okay. Like, that wasn't very cash money of you.
0: Just say it wasn't cool. That was lame.
1: (laughs) It's cringe, Kara. Cash money is cringe. That's old fashioned. It was kind of like a scolding, basically. What did you do? So, Jackie's use, the positive version, that's very cash money of you, said sarcastically, was her way of saying, how good of you, but meaning it was the least you can do. Oh. Kind of like that's mighty white of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that people used to say. Yes. A lot when I was a younger person. And fortunately, I don't hear it very much anymore. No. It's probably on PC. But it has that same meaning. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and I honestly, I do not know what this was what the context was i cannot remember what was going on but i can think of some examples where this would happen (laughs) so i i imagined one okay like if i leave enough iced tea in the jug for one more serving knowing that she'll want some and i tell her hey i left some iced tea for you she would say well that's very cash money of you which makes me want to just grab the jug. And chug it. And chug the rest Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Real charming. She's a lovely person, oh. but she does not have very good filtering. Oh, my god! As many autistic people do not. Mm. Yes. So um, she says things sometimes that I'm like, wow, bitch. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. But if
1: I were to get on her about it, it would hurt her feelings. So I just... You know, you pick your battles. True. I just say, okay, well, you're welcome. (laughs) And what does cash money mean? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think they just say, I don't know, because they know, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have said that.
0: Oh, man.
1: That's what that was, so now you know.
0: Okay. I'm going to talk about sad Michael Gambon. Oh, I know. I am so, this just hit me. Dumbledore 2.0. And he was, you know, before he was Dumbledore to the world, mm-hmm. he was my favorite, like one of my favorite 50 of British the 50 actors. British actors. <laughs> exactly. that's I have that written down here. One of the 50 British actors has died on September 28th. Yeah. <sighs> so that's a rough
1: one, but he was old. Really,
0: he was very old. Um, it's not as... Well, it is. It's still like a gut check, like when Alan Rickman died. Oh my gosh, I literally cried when Alan Rickman I died. I did too. I cried at my desk. And I got, like I knew him. I did not cry when I read about Michael Gambon, but I am I am really sad about yeah. this. Um, I loved him in Wives and Daughters. Yes. I loved him in Gosford Park, Emma, Cranford, The King's Speech. All of them. All of them. So.
1: He was a dick in the King's Speech.
0: Total dick. <laughs> he was He was a chameleon. Yeah. Like, he just, do you know that when I watched the, the first Harry Potter movie that he was in, which I think was the third one? Yes. He, I didn't even know that was him. Didn't even know that was him. About halfway through it, I was like, man, his voice is familiar. <laughs> and so then I really started to focus on his voice. And then, you know what did it? His hands, mm. they are strangely long. He has, yes. His fingers are not proportioned to the palm of his hand. Right. And his arms, oh, sorry, I'm flailing about. I'm gesticulating <laughs> everyone. I'm showing Bria my hands.
1: <laughs> she does not have, I have extremely t- long fingers.
0: No, I have kitty paws. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do too. My family, make, well, mine aren't as, mine aren't as little as yours, but my family makes fun of my yes, hands, how I, little they
0: are. My, Sean makes fun of my little hands too. Like But if you will watch him, he has super long arms too. That's, yes. Very long arms. You know
1: what? Yes. Well, he did have. Yeah.
0: Anyway, such a good actor.
1: Harry Potter was the first thing I saw him in and like he came to my attention.
0: Oh, okay. Like, I didn't
1: know him as an actor before then by oh, name.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: But then I saw him in everything after that. Then I would notice him in everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's in everything. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the 50 British actors. Yeah,
1: and he was just in a ton of that all that stuff that I like to yes. watch.
0: The first thing I saw him in that I was like, I want him to be my grandpa, was Wives and Daughters. Yeah. And then I read that book because I loved that show so much. Did you know that the author died before she finished that book? And so there's no ending to it.
1: Who was the author? Uh,
0: I knew you were going to ask, and now it's... Oh, good gravy.
1: Because one of those shows that I really love, North and South... Oh, that's such a good show. Not the American Civil War miniseries. No, with Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P.
0: Sorry, Patrick.
1: Not that one. But... North and South, the British show with Richard Armitage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved that miniseries.
0: Elizabeth Gaskell.
1: Well, yeah, and she wrote North and South. South. Okay, so I tried to read North and South after I watched the miniseries Mm -hmm. because I liked it so much. I thought, oh, this will be like a Jane Austen type of deal, and I'll read this and really enjoy it. Better because I will have seen the movie. Sometimes old timey stuff. You kind of have to see it through a modern lens first. It helps. Because then as you're reading, you're like, okay, that translates better. Yes. That book was so boring. (laughs) I couldn't get through it. (laughs) No. Oh, no. So wives and daughters, you would have liked to probably get through it, but you couldn't because it wasn't finished.
0: And girl, it's a bug squasher. That book, it is probably three inches thick. Oh my gosh. It should be the thick book? When I got to the last page, and there's like this page that says, Elizabeth Gaskell passed away. And it had like a whole explanation as to why <laughs> the book wasn't finished. I just sat there and stared at it and stared at it. I was like, I have put in so much time to this thick, giant book, and there's no end.
1: But you already knew the end because, well, whatever I
0: end they put I on I it. I knew knew the yeah. end, yes. Which the end was satisfying. Uh, from the miniseries Mm -hmm. it's good but ian glenn was in that also one of the 50 british actors yeah yeah yeah. he's in everything so so okay i got nostalgic about michael gambon i started looking up all he's been in a lot of stuff so much so then as i was looking through it i noticed he was the narrator for this show called uptown downstairs abbey oh my lord this is a parody mm-hmm. of Downton Abbey, obviously, and it was for Comic Relief's Red Nose Day twelve years ago. Oh, okay. Um, there's two parts, and each part is like six minutes long. If you are a Downton Abbey fan, yeah, it's on YouTube. Just you can look it up and watch both of these. I was crying. <laughs> I oh my gosh, I can't I can't think about it because if I start to think about it, I'm going to start to laugh and I'm going to lose it. It was hilarious. (laughs) And it's got a bunch of famous actors in it. Kim Cattrall plays Cora. It is a riot. You Mm -hmm. have to watch these. That's the
1: whole point of Comic Relief is that they have big name people. And that's how they get, you know, fundraised. Yes.
0: You got to watch these. Like I said, they're each about six minutes long, totally worth it. So then I looked up comic relief, because I don't know much about it. I know about Red Nose Day, but that's about all I know. This was created in 1985 in response to the famine in Ethiopia. I didn't know that. Um, And today, it's, it's morphed a little bit, but the vision that they follow today is a just world free from poverty. And their goal is to drive positive change through the world of entertainment. I got on their website, they're doing um, fundraising for all of these horrible things like the flooding and the earthquake that are going on right now. So they're mm-hmm. constantly, it's almost like Convoy of Hope, really. So they're constantly doing this fundraising. I didn't know that. I thought they just kind of did this telethon once a year and boom, it was over. But yeah. it's a constant thing. And it's a big charity. This isn't a little rinky-dink thing. No, no. They have raised so much money over the years. So much money. Um, Anyway, if anyone's interested, the annual telethon is every March. The first live telethon was held in 1986, and it featured Rowan Atkinson, Billy Connolly, Stephen Fry, and Kate Bush.
1: Nice. Wouldn't
0: you love to see that? I tried to find... That I bet
1: that was hilarious. I couldn't
0: find it anywhere, but I oh my gosh. Rowan Atkinson, Billy Connolly, Stephen Fry, get out of here.
1: Billy Connolly is one of my favorites. Me
0: too! Oh have you ever gosh. watched Mrs. Brown? Yes. Oh, of course I have. I love that show. With Jame Duty. Jame Duty. <laughs> we shall we shall walk now, Mr. Brown.
1: <laughs> Mr. Brown? <laughs> I love Jame Duty. I do
0: too. I love she's one of the fifty British actors. <laughs>
1: You know what Peyton was saying about Michael Gambon when I told him, Dumbledore 2.0 died today. And you know Harry Potter is... Uh,
0: Not his thing. Not
1: his thing. (laughs) But uh, uh, now all of a sudden he has a favorite actor from Harry Potter or character. Yes, He said Maggie Smith's character. He didn't even call her her character name. Oh. It was Maggie Smith. He's such a little gay child. I wonder... (laughs) All the old ladies' names. Um, I said, Yeah, Professor McGonagall, and he said, Yes, Maggie Smith, I love her mom. And I said, She's probably gonna be coming up here oh, soon, buddy.
0: Bite your tongue, I, you know that. I know, you know she is, old. though. I know, I know. That was the end of my Michael Gambon. Search. R.I.P.,
1: buddy. I'm gonna miss him so much. I know, and he died of pneumonia. I know. Very sad. Very, very sad. 84. What's your next search? Well, speaking of dead celebrities. Oh, yes. Thomas Kincaid Community, Vallejo, California. I hope I'm saying that right.
0: Even though that's not correct, let's say it like that because it's
1: it's fun. Yeah. It's about 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. Okay. That's where we are. Here's the context. I am still binging the dollop because (laughs) I like to laugh and they make me laugh. And this was an episode about Thomas Kincaid. Episode 77. For those who don't know who Thomas Kincaid is, though, or who, was.
0: Living under a rock, are you? Well, Come maybe. On. But maybe you just don't know. You couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting something that was Thomas Kincaid, what, 15 years ago?
1: Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, 20, 20 years ago, actually. Okay. But. Yes, he was a 20th and 21st century American Christian artist who called himself the painter of light. He had a very distinctive style and specialized in paintings of Cotswold, c- cozy cottages and lighthouses and gazebos and things like that. My mother-in-law loves Thomas
0: Kincaid. uh uh-huh. A lot of people do. I mean, he wouldn't be as popular as he is if people didn't well, love him. Well, he called
1: himself the most popular American artist. Of all time, indeed. <laughs> His art was and still is heavily commercialized, and mass-produced, duplicated, and every kind of merchandise you can imagine.
0: I once saw a CD that goes along with Thomas Kincaid paintings. What? Yes, how does like, that work? It was. It was music inspired by Thomas Kincaid paintings. And I was like, give it up. Oh, my
1: gosh. That is a so reach.
0: So you buy this CD and you stare at your painting. And you're like, hmm hmm yep, this works. This, you mean this. your
1: poster or your coffee mug or your... <laughs> or your jewelry box. Or your greeting cards. Or your music yes. box. Or your throw pillows and blankets.
0: Oh, the throw pillows and blankets. Or your puzzles. You
1: do a puzzle and listen to your Thomas mm-hmm. Kinkade CD.
0: Now, that would make more sense. Um, mouse pads all the things
1: every it was never ending
0: everything how much is that guy worth um
1: nothing now cuz he's dead oh that's right you said he but, was dead but um i and i don't know how much his estate is worth or how much because i mean it's still going yeah his his website is still up and running and like you can buy anything thomas kinkade turns out he was kind of a dick Which is not shocking. Somebody calls himself the painter of light and calls himself the most most popular
0: popular
1: artist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was also very criticized by the art world. Oh. Because he was so commercialized. Okay. People thought it wasn't really art. The fact that it was all of his prints were duplicated so many times and he would say that they were originals. Because he had a warehouse full of people who would just add little touches to the paintings or to the the copies, the prints, to make them mm-hmm. originals.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Stuff like that. Interesting. I mean, it was
1: a little bit, whatever. Uh, more fairly, he was a very flawed human being.
0: Okay.
1: He had an alcohol problem.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: And a drug problem.
0: Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. And
1: that's actually how he died.
0: Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. You're shocking me right now.
1: He acted out of control while he was doing these things.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: At the height of his popularity in 2002, he collaborated with an architectural firm and developer to design homes for a neighborhood in Vallejo, California, called The Village at Hidden Brook. It has 101 homes in it, and it even has a slogan Calm, not chaos, peace, not pressure. <laughs> Don't you want to live there? Oh, my gosh. It's on a golf course designed by Arnold Palmer, Oh, but there are no schools or churches, and there are very few commercial properties, so it's not really a village. Okay. There is, however, a Thomas Kincaid Gallery.
0: <laughs> I think I just hurt my eye muscles. <laughs>
1: Hidden Brook is a larger community that this village is inside of. It's a master plan community, which basically just means tract housing, of 10 neighborhoods with a total of 1,200 homes.
0: Okay.
1: It is massive. The four model homes originally in the village neighborhood were named after his children, mm-hmm. the Everett, the Windsor, the Chandler, and the Merritt. And some of the streets are named after his paintings, such as Summer Gate and Rose Arbor Way. Hmm. I'm so (laughs) relaxed. The style of the houses can typically be described as craftsman, Tudor, or French provincial. Okay. Kincaid did not design any of the homes, but his artwork was heavily featured in the model homes.
0: Wait, so did the homes look like the homes that he was painting? That was the
1: idea. Okay. That they were that, you know, it was this Right. They were supposed to be inspired by the Okay. The looking you know, cottages or whatever. Yes. But he wasn't impressed with the neighborhood when it was finished. Uh, uh. And most people agree with him that it's not quaint enough to fit his brand. And I've looked at pictures of it i mean they're nice looking homes Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that they're not they're very attractive homes Mm -hmm. and they do have that french provincial or craftsman or but it's cookie cutter you know what i mean like there are a few styles of home and then they're duplicated throughout the neighborhood right and you're not allowed to paint your house a different color like what the color of the house that you buy that's it gotcha You can't change it. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to park your cars on the street. Of course. Because that takes away from the ambiance. Of course. But it doesn't have that Cotswold cottagey.
0: That Thomas Kincaid feel. Right.
1: It doesn't. It just, it didn't hit the mark. Mm -hmm.
0: So this was built about 20 years ago? This was
1: built in 2002. Okay. At the height of his fame. Mm -hmm. Now, before he died even. A house in the neighborhood On Rose Arbor Way, is currently listed on Trulia. Oh. Four bedroom, four bath, Mm -hmm. 2,700 square feet. Mm -hmm. And that's about the average. They're about that. Okay. $850,000.
0: That is not as much as I was expecting. Not bad for California. And 2,700 square feet is a
1: big house. That's a big house. He died suddenly on April 6, 2012 at the age of 54. Wow. Yeah, he was fairly young. And when he died, there was a similar community planned in Columbia, Missouri. Really? But the deal fell through and never amounted to anything. Hmm.
0: That's interesting.
1: My sources were SanFranciscoGate.com and Salon.com and Trulia.
0: Continuing with our dead person theme. Uh, Yes. Is Bill Paxton dead? (laughs) Is he? Yes. Yes, he is. He's dead. So I was scrolling Instagram last night. Before my downtime setting kicked in, good girl, one hour per 24 hours. That's all I get. It's working. I saw Helen Hunt as I was scrolling through the reels, and she had taken a selfie with a copy of Twister.
1: Oh my gosh! And
0: what she had written in the message at the bottom, all it said was thrifting. So she took a selfie. It was really funny. I laughed. Listen, Twister is one of my faves. Oh my gosh. is the best bad movie ever made. <laughs> uh-huh. Sean and I like to watch it when it's really stormy outside. <laughs> we put on Twister. <laughs> Some numbskull left a comment on Helen's posting. Of course. And said something about, It's too bad Bill Paxton's dead. It's like, what? At first, I was like, ah, jerk. And I was like, wait, Bill is dead? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So I looked it up. We all know how terrible my memory is. And I probably did know this when it happened mm-hmm. and have just forgotten it because my brain can only hold so many celebrity deaths. Right. And it's got to move on.
1: It hasn't been that long ago. It was 2017. Oh, jeez.
0: I know. Old lady. I thought if I searched it and read about it, it would jog my memory, but it really didn't. It was February 2017. He died from a stroke after surgery to replace a heart valve and repair aorta damage. I still don't remember this, so I thought... I'm going to search other celebrity deaths from 2017 because sometimes you're right. like, Oh gosh, f- uh, Michael Jackson and um, Farrah Fawcett died on the same right. day. Maybe that will, Yeah, it didn't help, but here's a list of some celebrities that died in 2017. Great. <laughs> I looked up on IMDB. I was like, I'll just search this 5,376 names came up as deaths in 2017 On IMDb. Good grief. I do not list 5,376 names. I'm not not hanging around for that. Here's just a few. I wouldn't blame you. Here are just a few of the more well-known people that died the same year. Bill Paxton died. Adam West. Roger Moore. Inferior James Bond. Mean. I know. Mary Tyler Moore. Martin Landau. Jerry Lewis. David Cassidy. Don Rickles. Robert Guillaume. Jay Thomas. Do you remember Jay Thomas? Oh, yeah. Uh, Della Reese, Jim Neighbors. Golly! (laughs) That's a good one. I can't ever say his name without saying it. Hugh Hefner. Tom Petty. That was the year Tom Petty died. Doesn't it seem like Tom Petty just died like last year?
1: No, that seems like a long oh, time ago okay. to me.
0: It feels like that was that is stuck in my brain for whatever reason. I don't even like Tom Petty. But I know that he's gone. I I'm sorry. I just I'm not a Tom Petty fan. Glenn Campbell. Chris Cornell. I forgot that Chris Cornell had died.
1: You know who that is. Why am I blanking?
0: Lead singer lead singer of Soundgarden oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Audio Slave. Yeah, yeah. Charles Manson died in twenty seventeen. Earl Hyman. Do you remember Earl Hyman? He was Bill Cosby's dad on The Cosby Show, which has been ruined for me for my entire life. Mel Tillis, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, Wendy Pepper. Did you watch Project Runway? No. Oh, Wendy Pepper is the contestant that you love to hate.
1: Oh, you know me. Fashion. You're not fashion. Yeah, you're right. It's not my thing. Not
0: your thing. Laura Sellers would know who Wendy Pepper is. She does know, I'm sure. Erin Moran, which is Joni on Happy Days. Yes. I didn't I didn't know she had died. She died young. She had cancer. Yes. Mr. Ollivander, oh, John yes. Hurt. Mm-hmm. He died that year. And Cornelius Fudge, Robert Hardy. That's just a very, very short list of well-known people that died in 2017. None of those deaths helped me remember that Belle Paxton is dead. I'm still a little bit shocked. <laughs> 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 I don't. I'm not convinced that I knew that he had died. Anyway. Do you want to talk more about death? So much so.
1: Because my last search is also about death.
0: Okay. Man, this is weird. We didn't Mm -hmm. even coordinate this.
1: There's a lot of death talk in this one. This is a xylotomy. The context is I'm reading that book, No Stone Unturned (gasps) by Steve Jackson, the book about the development of modern forensics and police work. yes, yes. Are you enjoying so it?
0: Interesting. Okay, cool. It's
1: fascinating. I can't wait
0: to read. That's going to be my next read. As a matter of fact, once I wrap
1: up Prue Leith. The author in this particular part of the book was discussing the Lindbergh baby kidnapping and yeah. murder case yeah. and how one of the pieces of evidence against the man they arrested, tried and executed, Hauptman was his name, was wood from the ladder that was used to access the nursery. And the forensic scientist who testified was a xylotomist, a specialist in the field of botany. Xylotomy is the preparation of small slivers or cross sections of wood for examination under a microscope. Often this is used to determine the origin of the wood. Okay. So in the Lindbergh case, the xylotomist traced the lumber from the ladder to the southern mill that produced it. Then he tracked it to a lumber yard in the Bronx, where Hauptman, the suspect, had once worked.
0: Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm.
1: In addition, that same expert and a detective found carpentry tools that had imperfections that matched a pattern of marks in the oh, ladder's wood. That's cool. And they found spots in the attic where boards had been removed. And a study of the wood in the attic microscopically matched the cellular makeup of the boards used to make the ladder.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Case closed.
0: That is nuts. Dun dun. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is back in the day.
0: That is cool.
1: Yeah. I was fascinated by that. Yes. But they just called this guy, Kohler was his name, K O? E H L E R They just called him a (laughs) xylotomist. Like we're all supposed to just know. So I had to look it up to just Yeah figure out exactly what that was. And then I could go on and I could have figured it out by context what they were saying, you know. Hey, sure. He analyzed the wood in the ladder. But I just wanted to make sure I knew Well,
0: the more you know.
1: The more you know. star just went across my,
0: <laughs> <Me too. laughs> my brain so i had to sing anyway my next search and my last search yes is called off-piste meaning oh yes do you know what this is okay i don't know why i keep asking use you it you in know a sentence i'm planning to go skiing off-piste tomorrow on the swiss alps
1: oh no i've looked this up before because i've read it in books okay well but i don't remember
0: that is the literal meaning. I know what you're thinking because this, that's the reason I looked it up. So this is another phrase from Peaky Blinders. Oh, yes. Oh, and that one guy just did that one thing and the lady died. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting... I'm ready to move on from Peaky Blinders. Like its I can't believe how much is happening. It's hard to keep up with. The literal meaning of off-piste, which is spelled... Mm P-I-S-T-E. It has to do with skiing. So it surprises me that I didn't already know this with all the skiing that I do. Yeah,
1: you're such a a (laughs) snow bunny.
0: (laughs) Literally means situated or taking place away from prepared ski runs. So like off the track. Off the track. Okay. Um, off piste skiing is any terrain that sits outside of pieced markers. This could be right on the side of a ski run or way off in the backcountry. Oh. All right. So they said in Peaky Blinders, they had this plan and they're like, let's not go off piste. Stick to the plan. Right. And I was like, uh, I mean, by context, you know what that means. Yes. But I just never heard the word pieced before. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it should be pronounced that way. It's probably French
1: because of the Alps
0: I didn't even think to look at the origin or the etymology of this I would think you're probably right um I've always wanted to try skiing um but I would <laughs> definitely die it would be a sunny bono situation <laughs> Is it too soon too soon sorry <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I definitely would either break a bone or
1: I would fall and hit my head and it would be, you know. Curtains. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't hit my head on my tile kitchen floor yet. <laughs> I am too,
0: actually. <laughs> Let's not do that. Okay.
1: But what about this one? What about this one? I've got five other searches from this past week. Five? Yep. I beat you
0: by probably 20. Jeez. Okay. So it was a short week. I I looked up a lot of stuff you this did. week.
1: You did. Um, We didn't have time to discuss it in this episode, but maybe you will want to hear about it and get in touch with us and say, hey, talk about this. Yeah. Mm, mm -mm. Some of these are real great. (laughs) Starting with the first one. Yep. Skin tag removal. Gross. Two, Michael Gambon. Mm. Three, houses for rent in my area. Hmm. Four, why doesn't Aldi carry Pepsi products? Full question. Number five, vegetable to pair with chicken tortellini. Nom. It was delicious.
0: All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for Just your s- 25. Sit back. <laughs> Tatanka iotanka <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash sitting Bull slash hunk papa. Good pronunciation. Thank you. Postmodern jukebox. Books on Pacific theater of World War II. Why is there so much smoke at the Raiders-Steelers game? Did you see that? <laughs> no, I was like, "What is going
1: on there?" I didn't watch that game.
0: How does Fubo choose NFL games it airs? The little wonder gas hedge trimmer, Home Depot tool rental, Honda Financial Services. Iris has come home to roost. I got to start making payments on her. Oh dang! <laughs> Movie reviews for Tar, Caddfile TV show, 1994. There's an old school cozy mystery show for I've you. I've
1: watched, tried to watch it. <laughs> oh,
0: not a fan. Oh,
1: I could not get into it,
0: but my, I love that guy. Derek Jacoby. My dad loved CADfile. Really? Yes. Oh. Green Bay Hall of Fame inductees. Is Julian Firth related to Colin Firth? No. Oh. What is M.E. disease? Bob Menendez... Kelsey Brothers Podcast, Clearview AI, and, last but not least, is the song I've Got a Gal in Kalamazoo Public Domain. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Oh, shoot. I cut it out. Oh, good. So I can't sing I've Got a Gal in Kalamazoo, oh my Matt, God. listener Matt. I was going to sing the song for you last episode, oh. but I okay, had to cut it. Hey.
1: Hmm? Speaking of some shout outs. Yes. I have some. We have some new self-reporting listeners. Hey, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my kids actually decided to support me. My oldest. My favorite. Caleb. Clob. <laughs> Clob. I'm kidding. He's not my favorite. But he's not, not my favorite.
0: Moms okay. don't have favorites. Caleb
1: him. loves it, by the way.
0: Oh. He says
1: It's great. And he's a podcast listener. So. All
0: right.
1: And also work buds Beth S. and Steve G.
0: Beth and Steve?
1: Beth and Steve. Steve listens with his wife in the car, and I didn't get her name, and oh. I feel terrible about that because I hate that whole Steve's wife. Anyway, sorry, Steve's wife. You're obviously his better half because I know Steve. Um <laughs> No, listen, listen, Steve, he would say the same thing if he had a podcast oh and an open mic. He would. He is a goofball. He's hilarious. Oh, my word. But he really loved the um, gerbil oh. beds, bespoke bras. Oh. Those are my shout outs.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Mm-hmm. I love new listeners. Mm-hmm, me too. That's... So what's Hopper's list? Okay, so Hopper sent me her searches. She's doing really good. <laughs> I convinced her. She just keeps sending them to me. She goes, but they're so boring. I said, uh, no, they're not. Here we go. Girls' pink dress with vintage strawberries. Flights to Eugene, Oregon. Full moon, September 2023. hmm How... Oh, my gosh. This one made me laugh. So, what you need to know about Hopper... Yeah. She is addicted to coffee. Cold brew right now is her thing. How to make hazelnut syrup. How to roast hazelnuts. <laughs> She's getting serious. <laughs> uh, sticker paper, smoked trout dip, and harnesses for corgis. How can people get a hold of us? Oh, man. They can email us at this podcast at com, or they can interact with us on social media at DTHGals on Instagram and Twitter, or Delete This History on Facebook. Yes,
1: and... Uh, we might not be the fastest about interacting and getting back to you on Facebook or the socials, but we will eventually see it. And, we
0: will. And interact. Yes, we have full-time jobs. We have yeah, families. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: but we really do appreciate the people who, especially who consistently come on and comment on the posts that yes. we make because that's what makes it fun. We don't do it just because we're like, hey, it's so much fun to make social media posts.
0: <laughs> it is The interaction is the fun part. Right.
1: And now, though... The library is seriously about to shut down. Yes. So now I got to go delete my history. Ah, me too. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, bye.
0: Bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme
1: music is so good by Orcas.
0: Email us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com.
1: Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTHGals.
0: Copyright 2023, all rights reserved.
1: Weak immune systems provided by Not So Fast Living and
0: Poor Dietary Choices. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>